0: And gentlemen, the next United leader States leader
1: heavyweight leader. champion, Ravishing Rick Brown. There's nothing in my dreams, just some ugly
0: memories. Kiss me like the ocean breeze.
2: Please welcome the newest members of the Dangerous
0: Alliance. I'm Anderson and Larry Zabisco. Will
1: be my love.
2: The world's greatest athlete and newest member of the Dangerous Alliance, the world's TV champion, stunning Steve Austin. Nothing
1: left alive but a pair of glassy eyes.
2: Raise my one more time. Please welcome one of Sting's best friends and a little stinger himself, ladies and gentlemen, beautiful Bobby V. up it's not an army it's not a stable and it's not a family it's an alliance of businessmen
0: who will bring wcw down to its knees north south connection welcome to episode number seven of the seven months of Danger podcast i am your host sean kidd and as always i am joined by my uh what I'd say, my elite maybe colleagues tonight that is going to go through this era of the Dangerous Alliance tonight, which happens to take place the weekend of December 14th, 1991. So with that, up first, Matt Souza, how are you tonight? Elite. My God, yes. you, really, you
1: really do think highly of us. My God, that's very nice
0: I, I thoroughly enjoy doing this podcast with you guys because my it's a goodness. Show. No one I'd rather eat. do. This. I'm in a good mood. I'm in a festive mood. <laughs>
1: You're saying that now because in probably about an hour or so you're gonna rip all our heads off. So uh, good to be here as always.
0: No, I'm saying that because I've been knee deep in fucking Christmas for the last two days, but that's okay. Oh, very I festive see. mood, and I see this is kind of a good break for me to get away from it and make my wife do all the work so I can talk about the Jeez dangerous God. lies tonight. That's that's, that's
2: you, the- You've been knee deep in Christmas. I've been fingers deep in cinnamon.
0: Okay. Uh, and that inappropriate person would be Scott Shiflett. <laughs> Scott, how are you tonight?
2: I'm doing great. And we're not elite. We're dangerous on here. Okay.
0: You're dangerous. Well, I would, some would say the elite might be the new dangerous alliance. I'm very dangerous. Do
2: very we knock dangerous. down, do we kick down doors and attack dogs, <laughs> allegedly?
0: I've never um, once attacked a dog, allegedly. I mean, I'm sure somebody on this show has kicked down a door or kicked a dog at some point. Um, one of you I've have, ki- right? uh, I've kicked a door. I can tell you that. It seems like a very shiftly thing to do, but um, I love animals.
2: I would kick a human before I kicked a dog. (laughs) All
0: right. Last but not least, uh, Logan Crossland. How are you tonight? We're starting hot tonight. I love it. Are we gonna have a super kick
3: party? Uh, No, but yeah, and being compared to the elite is all insulting yet great at the same time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was it was totally meant as a compliment, just to be clear. Well, Well, I took it. I took it as as a great yet
3: awful. cm punk's career so i i can always get on their their bandwagon
0: well there you go they did eliminate well we think they eliminated cm punk's career we're not sure yet but allegedly allegedly. so tonight guys we have five matches we're going to talk about like i said from december 14th 1991 um yeah so uh should be an interesting show tonight i think we all have different takes different thought processes uh before we jump into it a couple things on housekeeping so logan uh, just going back and revisiting uh the best match we have watched up to at this point. What is it?
3: It is uh Rhodes in Steamboat versus the Enforcers from uh Clash of the Champions.
0: All right. And I think that's gonna be a hard one to beat, as we always say. And then what has been the worst match we have watched since we started this show?
3: Uh Mr. H- Mr. Hughes versus Bobby Eaton at a Point one eight seven five, so that one's also <laughs> going to be hard to beat.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I don't even think the worst ones. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna. Anyway, yeah, yeah we'd we have
3: to be full dud for it to be
0: beaten. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm going to blame it's probably Shiflet's fault, right? I'm almost positive that it was Shiflet's. <laughs> I don't think it was me that time. <laughs> oh, anyway, it might have been me because I might have gone higher on it. No, I hated that match. so I don't remember who it was, but we'll see. Anyway, let's go jump in. So we're going to talk about. Who the champions are, then we're gonna run through the top 10 um of this weekend, and then we're gonna go through the meltzer notes and then we're gonna jump right into the matches. So your champions right now. Uh Lex Luger is your current world champion, your U.S. champion, Ravishimer Crude, your tag champs are Steamboat and Rhodes. Your TV champion is stunning Steve Austin. I don't know if I'll call him stunning after we record the next two episodes of this podcast, but we're to come on that. Their U.S. tag team champions still. Are the Young Pistols, even though they've already lost the titles, they are still on TV with those belts. And your light heavyweight champion is Flying Brian Pillman. Um, The top 10 number 10, Larry the Cruncher Zabisco. Number nine, PN News. Number eight, Johnny B. Bad. Number seven, Dustin Rhodes. Number six is Cactus Jack. Number five is Scott Steiner. Number four is Steve Austin. Number three is Rick Steiner. Number two is Sting. And number one is Rick Rude. So before we move on, any con- comments on the top 10? I'll get to you first. Souza. any thoughts?
1: Uh, Larry should be nowhere near the top 10 list <laughs> at this point. I'm sorry. He hasn't really been on TV all that much. And when he has been on TV, it hasn't been great.
0: So <laughs> some, some might say, like me, he should be top five just for entertainment value. That's ridiculous. If you say so. Scott, anything <laughs> on the top 10? Um,
2: I kind of forgotten about this little mini push. Both Steiners are getting in the singles division because we've, uh, Rick Steiner fought Luger at the past clash. And, um, as we hear on this, on the, on the show, um, well, during the announcing for when we were watching the matches, Scott Steiner was being positioned to face Austin for the TV title. So it's very interesting. Something I'd forgotten.
0: Yeah. Jim Ross has really been, I think since the first episode of this podcast. Or maybe it was the second episode, Jim Ross or Tony or whoever's been pushing that Scott Steiner-Austin match that we have yet to see on TV. So I don't know what that's all about, but yeah, it's kind of I, – I honestly, I think it's due to a severe lack of competitors for Luger because he really doesn't have anybody to face for the world title at this point. So I think that's why Rick Steiner's kind of hovering at the top. Logan, anything on the top 10 before we jump into the Meltzer notes? You cut out. What would you say? Any Anything on the top 10 before we jump into the Meltzer notes?
3: uh no it's just as bullshit as it always is so um <laughs> nothing nothing really to add <laughs> all
0: right i'm sorry i cut out i think i put my hand in front of my mouth i apologize no you're
3: for good that. no i just right. didn't hear what you said i wanted to make sure <laughs> all
0: right so go to the Mel notes so these notes are for december 16th so first notes up on 12 9 there was a taping at center stage in Atlanta before 575 fans um, that saw the uh, taping for this coming Saturday's TBS show, which we're going to talk about tonight. And they also taped the 1221 version. For 1214, Marcus Alexander Bagwell debuted. And there is some talk that they'll be bringing in Lou Perez to team with him. Uh, Matt, I'll go to you. Uh, any idea who Lou Perez is? I was going to ask you who the hell
1: Lou Perez was because I have no idea. Is he any relation to Al Perez? Hold
0: that thought. I will tell you in a minute. Schiff, any idea who Lou Perez is?
2: I thought this was a, a autocorrect issue, and I thought it was Luthes.
0: You're gonna bring Lutez to <laughs> me? I mean, I, like, I mean that would be, I mean, be pretty goddamn funny. I'm looking at you, Luthes. Know, I
3: I, I would have gone with the Al Perez theory that uh, Mr. Souza came up with. Oh, not he not not,
2: Luke,
0: not, Lutez. not Lutez. That <laughs> not Luthes. No. I would prefer I would prefer Lutez, but yes. It is Lou <laughs> Perez. He is the brother of Al Perez. And oh, Lou Perez, he was a wrestler down in the Florida territory at the time. So um, he obviously doesn't come in. Uh, Bagwell does have his debut. Uh, we will talk about Bagwell uh, in future episodes of this podcast, but we will not see him on the show tonight. Uh, the next note, the match where the Young Pistols win the U.S. Tag Team titles airs on television on 12-15. So we are on 12-14, So as of this date, it will air tomorrow. It'll air tomorrow night on TBS. So that's that's where we're at. Thomas Rich and Buddy Lee Parker at the taping. Beat Mike Graham and Big Josh. Um big win there for Buddy Lee Parker. Uh and there is a, a match uh that we will talk about Ricky Steamboat versus Bobby Eaton. That Meltzer are called uh, three and three quarters. We will see if that holds up. For 1221, uh they taped a two-and-a-half-hour show. Barry Wyndham announced that due to his injury, he wouldn't be working Starcade. Um, Meltzer is told that Wyndham may work as early as January wearing a heavy protective cast on his wrist. <laughs> this is a great one. Uh, there's also a two-out-of-three-fall match in which the loser of the third fall had to leave all television wrestling for 60 days, which saw the Young Pistols beat the Patriots to keep the U.S. tag team titles, with Chip being pinned for the third fall. Uh, Souza, any any comment on uh, Chip being gone for sixty days? Uh, good fucking riddance. Take Todd Champion with you. All right. Uh, Mike Graham beat Thomas Rich, um, and Alexander. And he even made a note about it. Alexander York had her hair down. So that's big news. <laughs> 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 Jesus. <laughs> uh, and then last but not least, <laughs> I'm not making this one up. Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin and the Bad Street Band have a concert on 1220 at Center Stage. Uh, God.
2: <laughs> I'm sure they sold it out for all six people.
0: <laughs> Logan, any thoughts on the Freebirds in concert?
3: We are the Freebirds, and what's your excuse is all I can say.
0: That is the best reply that you could have possibly had. <laughs> yeah. um, up next, after our last episode where we were all very concerned about the future of Harley Race, He is staying, although he may be pulled from Lex Luger. He will manage Vader and Mr. Hughes, who will work a January program with Rick and Scott Steiner, which we will see play out at that January clash. Also, expect some Luger versus Scott Steiner matches in early 92. So, looks like they're continuing that trend of the Steiners with Luger, and um, now race will manage Vader and Mr. Hughes. On the, uh Ron Simmons will return for Starcade from his torn wrist tendon injury suffered 2 weeks before Halloween Havoc. On the wrestling hotline, Jim Ross brought up several names in regards to coming to WCW. He called Ultimate Warrior coming in a big long shot, well no shit Sherlock. Uh he said that Terry Gordy was negotiating and that he hoped Steve Williams would come in. If Gordy did come in, that it was probable the Great Muta would do an extended tour in 92. And he also brought up Scott Norton's name. So we're very well ahead of the curb here on the debut of Gordie and Williams. I guess Meltzer had insight that was, what, six, seven months in advance of when they actually show up, I believe. That's when they show up in 92. And yeah, I'm that insight you,
2: was probably Jim Ross.
0: And I don't right. think Scott, <laughs> Scott, <laughs> we'll Scott, Norton, now. Scott Norton never comes in, right, at this point in time, I believe? He
1: uh, was like, He was supposed to come in in 93, but he no-showed the paper. Yeah, really.
2: he was supposed oh, we to got face— the prisoner. Yeah, it was supposed yeah. to be Sting versus him yeah. at that Slamboree, but he found out that he was just coming in, doing the job, and leaving, and was like, I'm good. I'm just going to stay
0: in Japan. So mm-hmm. we well, got I guess we can the give, prisoner. I guess we can so. give Scott Norton a big fuck you for making us watch The Prisoner on that pay-per-view. So <laughs> Norton. All right. Oh, on chicken salad, on sur- no, no doubt. <laughs> on chicken salad, yes. Go listen to that. That is on chicken salad. Um, all right. And so because I knew you all were concerned, and we had a lot of conversation about this on our last show, Meltzer needs to make a correction regarding the info from here last week regarding the Starlight Foundation and the Starcade show. Jesus. We mistakenly reported last week that $0.04 of every order for Starcade goes to Starlight. (laughs) But depending upon what sources told me, it's either really $0.08, $0.04 from Turner and $0.04 for the cable operators, or $0.16, $0.04 of the ad price, $0.04 for cable operators, and an added $0.08 cents for Turner Home Entertainment. <laughs> I hope you guys follow along on that fucking Steiner, math that we just did. Jesus Christ. Oh, Theoretically, that would mean somewhere between 12000 and, 12, and 24000 at the show would raise for Starlight Foundation. As a trade-off, WCW was hoping to get a major celebrity like John Candy to be a part of Starlight, <laughs> But it doesn't seem to have happened. All this Starlight will be sending a minor celebrity to the show. Uh, spoiler alert, I don't remember any celebrity coming to that show, but we'll look at that when we get to that show. Uh, okay, so I'll just go around the horn, uh, shift first. Any thoughts on the Starlight Foundation, anything, Ron Simmons, Gordy, race, anything in these notes?
2: You know, Jr. basically, like, talking out of his ass with Ultimate Warrior, like you said, no shit. Um, the Starlight Foundation, like, they thought John Candy was gonna do it. Like, come on, John Candy's, like wrestling was thought of as a joke back then and there's no way john candy is coming in to show up like if if they were gonna get a minor celebrity it'd probably been like a minor celebrity they got for clash of champions one where it was like the new leave it to beaver or um the (laughs) dumbass brother from um the wonder years whose name i'm blanking on right now so yeah jason Jason hervey Hervey. jason hervey
3: (laughs) more like jason hervey (laughs) 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 wow yeah, exactly. Wonder, so it would have been something like that. I wonder,
0: like I wonder that. what Carrot Top was doing in 1991 December, <laughs> the Great Celebrity Christ. Show.
1: <laughs> he was still being grown. He was probably still in the ground or whatever.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Susan, Susan, any thoughts on any of the Meltzer notes? Uh.
1: uh you know, Ron Simmons having a, a torn wrist or whatever it was would explain why that Halloween Havoc match sucks shit. I mean, it was probably wasn't going to be great to begin with, given it was Luger versus Ron Simmons. But I think the fact that he had a torn wrist kind of explains away why it might have been as bad as it was, because I, I can't stand that match. And uh, I, I would have paid good money to have seen uh, Gus Polinski, the polka king of the Midwest in WCW.
0: Me too. I would have been all in on John Candy showing up at Starrcade '91. Logan, any thoughts on the notes before we jump in? Yeah,
3: I share the same uh, thing that Susan just said. I would have, I would have paid a lot of money to see John Candy show up at WCW. That would have been a hell of a time. And the whole, uh, the whole Ultimate War thing is just absurd. But. You know, mm-hmm. I wonder which Ultimate Warrior it would have been, uh, Carry Von Eric or the original <laughs> Ultimate Warrior.
0: So I wonder, well, how something. old would the how old would have the Renegade been in December of '91? Um, <laughs> uh, like I don't know, sixteen or something. <laughs> All right, well, good, very good. Well, we didn't get him, and thank God we did not get him. So, are you guys ready to jump into the matches? Yes, sir. All right, so our first up again, we're on the weekend of December fourteenth, nineteen ninety one. We are going to the Power Hour. And our first match is Bobby Eaton and Steve Austin versus Tom Zink and Pillman. And the first note I made is felt like the potential in this one going in was really great because Zink and Pillman um, in 1990, I thought they were awesome as U.S. tag team champions. Um, Had some really good matches with the Midnight Express. One of them, which I got to actually see at Capital Combat 90, which was the return of Robocop. So if you take Robocop out of the equation, that was a pretty good pay-per-view. And that match was really great. Um, So JR is on commentary. He actually sells Starcade. Um, unlike Meltzer, who didn't talk a whole lot about Starcade in his update, when we're only like a couple weeks away, um start off. Pillman hits a drop kick uh, and does a like a nice sleepy lid uh, leg scissors in the corner that sends Austin through the ropes outside, which I thought was a pretty cool spot. uh The heels, of course, go and wind to the ref. Uh, we get we go in a little bit later. Jr. makes a comment about. Uh, Bobby Eaton be a Benedict Eaton, which he seemed real proud of himself for that comment. Uh, <laughs> Z-Man, hit tosses both heels, knocks their heads together, and tags Pillman, who hits a double flying clothesline for the apron, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, junior um, I'm glad Meltzer brought it up because Jr. during commentary pints that the Freebirds are going to be on his radio show tomorrow night, and I made the note that I would not listen, and I don't think any of you would either. Uh, Bobby's right hand takes Pillman down, but Pillman hits a hip toss, flying head scissors, and a forward roll from Eaton Shoulders for two. Pillman and Zink get a heart attack type move, except Pillman hit Bobby with a drop kick while Zink held him up for it. Pillman and Zink literally dominate for the first 10 minutes as Paul E reassures his uh, faction that everything will be okay. JR says on twelve twenty, the Freebirds are in concert at center stage. So this match is so interesting to JR, he's brought up the Freebirds twice, once on the radio show, second that they'll have their concert. Pillman misses an avalanche in the corner, and Bobby moves, allowing the heels to finally do something. Austin hits a gut wrench. Eating with a slingshot, Atomic dropping on that backbreaker, which I thought was pretty badass. But it actually looked more like Bobby didn't know what to do, and he kind of winged it. But whatever it was, I thought it looked really, really savage. Austin throws Pillman outside as Z-Man is distracted um, with ref, and Bobby chokes him with cable cords. Austin goes for an elbow off the apron of Pillman, but looks like he whiffed on it a little bit. Pillman hits a drop kick to the gut as Austin jumps off the second turnbuckle. Z-Man comes in and works over the babyfaces. I'm sorry. Z- uh, Z-Man in and works over the uh, heels. He goes up top. He almost falls and hits uh, Bobby with a forearm to his chest. There's a Z-Man super kick to Austin and pin is stopped by a Bobby right hand from the floor. Z-Man goes after Eaton and his pillman runs in. ref pushes it back and Austin hits a stun gun with uh, Bobby adding the extra leverage by pulling Zink's uh, neck down on the top rope at the same time to get the three count, um, even though uh, it looked like Zink's uh, foot was uh, on the rope. It was a little disjointed. But very sloppy. Um, Eaton and Austin didn't seem to gel real here a few times. they seemed like they didn't know what to do next. I thought it was a perfectly fine TV match, but I only went two and a quarter. I thought it should have been way better. And honestly, it was 14 minutes, and 10 minutes of it was all the faces. So I know that was a long kind of recap, but a lot going on here. Susan, what did you think of this match?
1: Yeah, I, I I thought this was an, a notch above average. I went two and three quarter on it, and I think honestly for me it's just because I love watching Pillman. I'm um, I'm a huge Pillman fan, and I'm glad we're finally get to see a bit of him here because I thought he was really great in this match. You know, uh, there's one part where Zinc kind of cleans house with hip tosses, and then Pillman just flies in the ring with a, a springboard and takes both guys down. I thought that was uh, that was really great. So I mean, it I it may well be because of the Pillman bump <laughs> that I went higher than you. But- but I, I enjoyed watching him. Uh, at one point, JR mentioned Johnny Mathis, which was oh, a, a, a dated reference even in 1991. So, keeping up with the times, Jim Ross. And uh, like you mentioned, he hosts. <laughs> He mentioned that he's hosting an AM radio show What the hell does that sound like And uh, second question Imagine what the
0: callers to that show Would be like Can you imagine, good god You know, I kind of feel like if you're going to have the Freebirds on your radio show AM is the right place to do it <laughs>
1: Right, where, you know, (laughs) 10 people who don't know how to change the radio dial are listening to it, and that's
0: it, so. Well, and it's about their their age bracket. At least that's what they look like their age bracket is, even though they're, like, 30. (laughs) They're, like, fucking 30, and they look, like, 80. But anyway, go ahead. I thought
1: uh, (laughs) – And I did th- I did think uh, Austin and Pillman actually worked uh, pretty well together. I thought they had a nice uh, sequence and, uh, near the end of the match that kind of showed that they already had chemistry, which makes sense given what's coming, uh, you know, about a year, year and a half or so after this. So, uh, yeah, I thought this was a perfectly fine over uh, opener, just a, a notch above average. So uh, two and three quarter for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just I thought it was kind of sloppy. I didn't like that they had so much offense, like for the first 10 minutes, and then you had four minutes of the heels. So... I don't know maybe i missed something in this i'm not sure logan what did you think
3: Uh, i i really enjoyed it but i i think i just really enjoyed pillman and sync as a team i'm kind of like man i i really like pillman so i think i gave him a little bit more credit Um, I liked that we kind of started the match in progress and kind of joined it as it was, as it had already started a little bit. I thought it was cool to see the future Hollywood blondes kind of going at it. Uh, Not as cool to see Austin still getting his ass kicked as he seems Mm -hmm. to always do in these shows, as we'll talk about as we go on. Um, Eaton completely still complains about uh getting his hair pulled and i start to wonder why he doesn't just shave his head so it'll never be a problem again um so i, I think that's something he should look into um i, I really like P- pillman and Zink getting a lot of offense on them and the early going uh they seem to make uh, a pretty good team but i didn't know that they had previously been uh u.s tag champions before so uh that's a that, that makes a lot more sense now um, I said it wasn't a very good showing for the Alliances. At, in a 12-minute match, they get their ass beat for about the first eight or so. Uh, they don't get really any offense in that point. Um, Zank almost ends Eaton's career by almost jumping off the top rope early, and he kind of runs into his knees, and it could have just absolutely ripped everything to shreds uh, in his knee if he had landed a little bit more weird. Yeah, I
0: thought Zank was very sloppy in this match. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's something He was not good in this, I don't
3: think. yeah. I got you, um, but I, I do like that the stun gun kind of finished it. So I liked that a finisher actually ends one of these matches. But uh, I actually gave it three, but I really enjoyed the Pillman.
0: Uh, part wow! Of it. All right, you know I actually like to finish too with Eaton kind of help assisting on a stun gun. That was a pretty cool finisher. So I did like the ending. So, all right, Schiff, what would you think? Close it out.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> I went three three as well. Um, I, I really wow. enjoyed this match. Um, but. Th- I mean, you guys already hit a couple things. I like the Benedict Eaton line. It made me laugh, like, because they're hyping it up that, like, he was this big baby face and, like, best friends with Sting, and I'm like, I've never seen that, but okay. Um, Also liked when Austin hit Eaton by accident. Uh, They're all on the outside, and Paulie's screaming, he said he was sorry! He said he was sorry! (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was hilarious. Um, uh, And we got a nice backbreaker from... um, from Bobby to uh to pillman and i just thought that was nice like when the dangerous alliance yes they weren't on offense often but when they were on offense like it looked ferocious like from the choking with the cable you know to these high impact moves for at the time and um i liked pillman hitting the drop kick when austin came off the second rope it it just looked amazing and then the stun gun always looks awesome i that and the gourd busters moves that i wish would come back um yeah, but I, I went three stars. I thought this was a nice showing for Austin and Eaton and uh, for Z Man and, and Pillman.
0: Man, I was I can't I, I thought for sure I'd be the I, I would be like high on this one. So again, you guys shocked me in terms of this match. So uh, Logan, what's the total on that one? Two
3: point seven five.
0: All right. So pretty good average error on the first one. Two point seven five out of the gate. So we're gonna jump to our next one and we're going <laughs> to NWA Pro. Um, I might catch a bit of flack on this one, but we'll see. So it is our favorite tag team of this whole era, the Freebirds, taking on Aaron Anderson and Bobby Eaton. And my first note was, well, from a from an 80s perspective, these are four of the best tag team workers that were ever there in the 80s. So the, the difference is, Arn and Eaton are still good. The Freebirds are not in 1991. <laughs> Garvin's mustache legit makes me angry as they do their 80s rock star cosplay, and the, but the fucking crowd still loves them, which makes me even more angry. Uh, Paul E. grabs the mic and says, uh, Hayes' town is Atlanta, and Hayes does the stupid Tabahawk talk, which is also a new thing that I absolutely hate that he seems to do a lot. Uh, Paul E. says, "Arn is from Um and at Minneapolis, kicks the Braves' butt. The crowd chants Freebirds, as Paul says, Medusa to the back for, I don't think, really any apparent reason. Um, all four get in the ring. Bird send the heel's running outside. Hayes gets on the mic and says, Minneapolis sucks. All four fight in the ring again, and the heels heels bail outside again as the crowd goes crazy. As Tony says, he has never seen anything like this. Like, this ovation that the Freebirds are getting, I almost thought that it was piped in, but it wasn't because people were actually chanting Freebird and like on their feet, which was nuts. Um, We get back in the ring, there's a double backdrop to Eaton and a double clothesline to both heels. There's a loud DDT chant. Garvin goes for a DDT, and Eaton escapes and tags Arn. Outside Hayes wraps Arn's legs around the ring post twice. And then the birds uh, work over Arn's knee, but Arn escapes. Garvin chases Eaton around the ring and gets caught by Arn with a gut punch. And once back in, he heals work over Garvin, including with Pauly's phone. Arn gets a nice tag while fighting, um, going over for a sunset flip, which I thought was really cool. And Eaton comes off the ropes um, on top of Garvin to break it up. Garvin, knees, uh, Garvin gets the knees up as Arn comes down on him. And then there's a tag to Hayes and all four men in, in the ring again. Hayes goes for a DDT, but um, Larry Zabisco comes out. He's on the apron. Hayes turns around and nails him. Uh, he gets Then he gets behind Arne to roll him up for three, but Larry gets back up and clocks Hayes in the face to give Arn the three count. Barry Winner comes out with his cast, and the Austin out, and the four Alliance members tack him. Steamboat, and Austin, um, Steamboat comes out for the save as they go after Barry's arm. Hot crowd. I thought the match actually could have been worse. And I also think the right team won. And we even got a post match of the Alliance kicking Wyndham's ass. I actually went two stars, a gentleman two. I thought I was perfectly fine for a syndicated Freebirds match. Logan, I will go to you first on this one. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: okay. Yeah, I know. I, I,
3: I know. Uh, the, I know. Uh, the, these first two little notes of mine are going to be great. I'll, I'll just go ahead and pre warn you. The um, first note is good God, why? <laughs> Second one is who on earth thought people on a weekly basis wanted to watch anyone get beat up by michael hayes and jimmy garvin especially bobby fucking eaton and Arn fucking anderson logan
0: did you um, hear this evasion it's very clear in 1991 i don't care they're idiots <laughs> they're atlanta idiots i can't oh, be careful we have atlanta yeah, listeners i don't care for this. Oh, <laughs> all right okay Go ahead. <laughs> Have at it.
3: Um, I, I feel like even when they do cheat, the momentum is still only very temporary. Uh, Arne and Arne and Eaton eventually take over, uh, but uh, they do some good work, but it doesn't last far long as long as it should. And the fact that they need fucking Larry to help them win is just the saddest thing I could ever uh, come up with. Uh, and I went one and a quarter.
0: That's fair, uh, Schiff. I'll go to you next. Well,
2: I'm about to catch shit. All right. Oh,
0: all right. I see. Bad Street,
2: Atlanta, GA. Um, I love Paulie getting the World Series heat, and then he sends. Hey
0: Scott, did you hear that applause when you sang?
2: Yeah, I'm awesome. Thank you, Logan. Um, (laughs)
0: Fucking Braves, Mark.
2: I'm sorry, Mississippi doesn't have a football team. I'm a baseball team. Oh, wow.
3: All right. We actually have the Braves double uh, A affiliate, so
2: suck it. Oh, <laughs> that makes you a Braves mark, too. So welcome. Sean, this is all baseball talk. Just make it. Yeah,
0: I, I don't know what we're talking about. All I know is I hate Michael fucking Hayes' Tomahawk talk. Keep going, Scott. <laughs>
2: um, I, I do love how Hayes said Minneapolis sucks because I'm sure as Sousa, the only other person was called, knew that's when the twins. Face the Braves in the World Series, so they were mm-hmm. doing from that. And then Arn saying he's from Mini Minneapolis when he's like a Georgia Hick, and um saying like, oh yeah, I love Mini. But like, just I just really enjoyed this match. Um, I love how Arn mocked the tomahawk chop, and he he said here, oh um, shit.
0: He You're said me, this to go lower on my score.
2: He said this ain't baseball; it's a wrestling match, which made me laugh so hard for some reason. Like. This ain't baseball. It's a wrestling match. Um, I just loved how, like, I just really enjoyed this for some reason. Like, I guess it caught me in a good mood. Like, I loved how Larry came in and slugged Hayes, and, like, that was, and, like, that's how we got it. It shows that the Dangerous Alliance is, they're sort of like the quasi horsemen, which is alluded to um, in later matches and in our next watch. But how they're the horsemen, how they always, like, take up for each other and get, um, and we'll get the job done no matter what. And this is what we see here, like because the free birds were on the offensive and you know, we they you know, they have the strength in numbers. And uh, then we see um, Barry Wyndham run in, which spoiler alert, he's going to run in a lot tonight and in our next episode. So it's nice to see his big ass, but um, yeah, I, I really liked it. Two and a half.
0: Wow. Two and a half. And, you know, regardless of how you feel about the Freebirds for 1991, it's a big win for Anderson and Eaton here. Uh, uh, sorry, Susan, what did you think of this? Souza whatever souza <laughs> uh
1: well I, I didn't go a star and a quarter I, I didn't go two and I, I certainly didn't go two and a half uh, uh, I went one on this <laughs> 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 because I thought this was complete and utter garbage oh, I love it uh So, first of all, you have the Freebirds, who go into the crowd during the entrance. Uh, I think all those fans they came in contact with now have a venereal disease. That's number one. Good Uh, lord. Oh, Uh, oh good. More tomahawk chops. uh, Fantastic. Like, so I think this match starts off for five minutes where nothing happens to the point where Tony even says, oh, we have yet to come to blows in this match. Uh, even fucking Tony's calling it out on commentary that exactly nothing has happened. Uh, there, There's a ton of stalling. The Freebirds, again, this seems to be a running pattern. The Freebirds, again, get way too much goddamn offense in. Uh, yep. I thought Garvin's selling was real rough. Uh, nothing. Yep. I thought nothing the Freebirds did looked good at all. Uh, I thought by the time the Dangerous Alliance finally got control and worked over Garvin it took too late, and then you have Paul coming in, cracking him with the phone It's just, and then Larry comes out and then, again, more interference to give the Dangerous Alliance another win you shouldn't have to have interference to beat the fucking Freebirds. It's not 1985 I feel like I keep saying this every week so, uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah.
0: Uh, Alright, that's enough, Shiff Enough (laughs)
1: So uh, by the way, uh, if you
0: think interference to beat free birds is bad, you wait, we got, we got worse coming.
1: Oh, I know. I know <laughs> what's coming. I watched this stuff. Believe me. So uh, yeah, uh, boy, did I hate this way too much offense for the free birds. So uh, yes, one star.
0: All right, Logan, what does that total that, that
1: match out to 1.69. All right. Free birds.
3: Totally 0. buoyed by the two and a half.
2: That's ridiculous. Sh- shift strikes again. I can't win with you guys. you mean? too high or too low. You win
0: two. Okay, but I didn't... Yeah, but I I win two, but I didn't go two fucking and a half. I mean, you almost did. No, I didn't. I (laughs) went went with a two. All right, (laughs) we're going to move on to our third match. And this one is on uh, Worldwide Wrestling, and it is a six-man match. And once again, Bobby Eaton... Like, goddamn, man. How... Like, at these tapings, Eaton and Austin just must be, Mm. like, in every fucking match. It's ridiculous. But it's Austin... Eaton and Arn, taking on Big Josh, podcast favorite uh, PN News, and Arachna Man. All right, so a couple notes here. So Arachna, the Arachna, I, the the Arach, I can't even say his name. Arachna Man <laughs> gimmick <laughs> is so fucking bad. Armstrong having to pose and act like Spider-Man on his entrance in between moves is absolutely absurd. Pn news going back and forth, acting like he's, he's dancing, never stops being ridiculous. And future doink Matt Bourne dresses Paul Bunyan is also ridiculous. Also, what's ridiculous is this match being a month. So we, we are watching this match uh, from Power Hour, but this actually was on Worldwide a month earlier. So this Jeez, match, God. they held over for another month, and then I put it on Power Hour in January of 92. The good news is you won't have to watch it again in January. Uh, but yet, anyway, so this match is a month old. Um, after it aired on Worldwide Wrestling, uh, and JR has just dubbed in, and this is like the third or fourth time on his podcast that they have done this. Uh, Logan, you're going to hate this comment I'm about to make. I thought Medusa looks very hot here. Any comment? No. Uh, Tuesday or shift, any comment on Medusa? I think she looks very hot here. I won't say that very often tonight or the next episode, but I think she looks pretty good. I don't want to
3: get canceled, so I don't want to Yeah, she
0: looks very good. I think she's a very beautiful woman. Sousa. (laughs) Yeah. To be honest, I didn't really notice her. So, wow. Okay. No selling Medusa. Uh, Logan, you sure you don't want to comment? I'm positive. All right. So good stuff here from the faces with head scissors, um, and clotheslines for Pia news and Matt Bourne. Uh, I I should call him big Josh, but I can't bring myself to do it. Um, and then, uh, there's one clothesline that Pia news actually turns Austin inside out. Austin having to sell for Pia news on that. It's pretty damn funny. um, Let's see. Uh, there are butt bumps, and Bobby sells this to a very high degree from Pia News. Josh has a nice fire, and in, uh, in, um, a fire has been carries on Austin. I kind of like the log roll movie does. Um, Josh kicks ass of all three and the faces, and Paul calls Medusa on the phone for advice. It's all the face team for 10 minutes straight until Josh hits his shoulder into the post on a mischarge, which, by the way, was the same thing that happened in the Pillman match. Um, Austin pulled uh Eaton out of the way on that one, and I thought that was pretty good teamwork. The heels work Josh's shoulder until Josh hits Anita Austin and um then he t- then he tags. Austin six are in a ring. Um, and then uh, Arn and um I believe it's Arachna man collide in a ring. Arachnaman goes down, um, and uh Bobby goes up top with a fantastic Alabama jam to Arachna man who is laying face first on the mat, which I thought was really good looking in three count. I thought this match was pretty good. You put the gimmicks aside. The faces were capable wrestlers. The biggest issue I have is the fucking Alliance sold for the first 10 minutes of a 12 minute and 53 minute match. And I also like the ending two and a half ought to be higher, but again, another Alliance selling too much for a bunch of faces with 80s WWF gimmicks. It's pissing me off. And there's a real formula here with the Alliance and they have to sell for a long time. Then they cheat to get the upper hand, and it's just getting on my nerves. Susan, what did you think of this match?
1: I'm right there with you. Uh, two and a half for me. Uh, real dream team here with uh, a lumberjack, a rapper, and a man who is not a spider. I mean, it's 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 a great team here. Uh, I, I thought the opening minute of this match was already better than the Freebirds match, so that was a positive. Uh, I... <laughs> I feel like, again, still, like you said, Sean, the Dangerous Alliance selling way too much, not nearly giving enough. They're just they're selling for the first 10 minutes of this match. But I do think it I don't want to I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense here because PN News is 400 fucking pounds and Big Josh is a brick shithouse and uh, Arachnaman is also there. So I mean, it, it does kind of make sense to me, but I, I still don't like it. The other thing I noticed about this match, too, is it felt to me like they kind of went from first to third gear and that the finish just kind of came out of nowhere super quick. So uh, I I thought that was a little weird, but uh, I did like the finish, the the Alabama jam always looked great. And I'm glad that the Dangerous Alliance actually won relatively clean without any interference. So uh, solid enough six man tag for me here, two and a half.
0: Yep, and another uh, pretty good showing of PN News. Who would have thought that he would have a good showing mm-hmm. on this show? He's, I don't think he's really been in a terrible match yet. So, right. Um, All right, uh, Logan, what do you think?
3: Uh, I mean, I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, I, my first note is great value, Spider-Man. Uh, getting any offense on Arn and Bobby is something that I just hate to see. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, it was actually good to see Austin actually gain the advantage for his team, uh, however temporary it might have been. It uh, tr- it really, truly amazes me how the Alliance members can tag in in these tag matches, obviously being the fresh guy, whoever it is, is tagging in. And they just immediately get decked or completely dominated <laughs> as soon as they get in the ring. I mean, they're either supposed to be the fresh guy, they're getting tagged in, they probably should come in and at least put up some type of a fight. But uh,
0: There's definitely a formula to these matches, oh, no doubt about it. Absolutely. Yep,
3: yep uh anderson i did like when arn uh ga- gained the advantage and started working over on uh josh's arm i like that uh chaos ensued like you said when a wreck gets tagged in uh and i always like when a match ends with a finisher so i love seeing the alabama jam and that being the finish went a little lower than you guys i went two, but i did enjoy it for the most part and i did li- i did think pn news uh had another good uh outing for sure
0: <clears throat> yeah who would have thought pn fucking news shift what'd you think? Yeah, oh, three, I, three stars.
2: Um, I went two and a quarter. You, Mark. Um,
0: <laughs> I, well, I love, I love on a match that you should have rated higher that you didn't. I just so, I do not get shifolitics at all. I don't understand. Go ahead. All
2: right, so to start off with uh, Big Josh is from the North Woods. Arachna Man Sean is from Web City, and PN News is from Motel. Good. I don't know if Lord. anyone else thought that. Um. Good lord. I was okay with, like, Big Josh. Like, Big Josh actually showed something, Um, which, you know, I hadn't really seen before. I know he was the first doink, but, like, seeing him in here, I just knew him, remember, like, Big Josh from, like, the WCW trading cards when I was younger with the fucking bear. So, um...
0: He's really good, by the way. Matt yeah, Bourne he, is really yeah, good Yeah, Matt Bourne's underrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah he really is. His um, world-class and USWA runs are pretty fucking great. Just throw that out there. But
2: and, and, and when, um... Mm-hmm. When Paulie called Medusa and she told him to slow it down. So he's like screaming, slow it down. So I, I really enjoyed that part. Austin, Austin, Arn was also uh, confused by Arachnoman, which I thought was great. Um, but then I, I, I love the arm work, the shoulder work being done. Um, I have a note here. Josh hits knee lift and tags the Spider Man
0: because I got tired of trying to spell Arachnoman, Sean. So I feel your pain. You know what? Hey, hey, let me be honest with you. So I quit saying Arachnoman, and I started typing man in my notes. That's what I did. Fuck that. Well, I know, but it fucked me all up when I was trying to read it back. I'm like, oh, who the fuck is man? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I ain't fucking spelling Arachnoman 18 times. Yeah, no, I spelled it once to so his whole Hey, Matt,
3: what what would uh, Austin sound like when he uh, doesn't understand Arachnoman? What would he say?
1: Goddamn, pal, that f- fucking Arachnid man or whatever the hell his name is. Jesus Christ, son.
0: Don't call him Spider-Man. You get your ass sued. All right, all right, hold that thought. What? Okay, so I'm going to run through this. What would Larry Z sound like saying the same thing? Uh,
1: this is a human spider, man uh, He's not quite
0: Spider-Man, but he, I, I can't even pronounce his real name. What the fuck? All right, last one, Bobby Eaton.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, Chef, keep going. Sorry,
2: Chef. Uh, no, that, that that's all just... I love the Alabama Jam.
0: And uh, yeah, two and <laughs> We totally ruined his mojo. Oh, that's all. I like the Alabama Jam. The Sorry posting Shane. you're doing, Sean. My God. Get some control I, I, for this podcast. I, I encourage the chaos on this, so, gentlemen. Uh, I also,
3: I, I did not remember what Medusa looked like, so I opened the video while we were talking, and she looks perfectly meh.
0: <laughs> um, well, uh, Schiff, I apologize. oh, yeah, you went two and a quarter. Logan, what was the total on this one?
3: 2.31.
0: All right. So we're going to go to our last two matches of the night, and we are going to the Saturday night show. Hey, guys, guess what? We get another Arachnaman match, and it is Steve Austin defending the World TV title against Arachnaman. So, uh, lucky, Austin gets Arachnaman twice in one weekend, and we also get a recap of the last match between these two, that we actually talked about a few weeks ago. So it is for the TV title. Uh, Medusa, to me, looks like a straight Karen with rusty bitch face on her way to the ring. Uh, Unlike the last episode, (laughs) which I thought she was very hot. Tonight, she looks very Karen. Uh, More Arachnaman (laughs) Spider-Man poses between moves. Uh, Arachnaman, and here I did it again. I typed man, and I'm gonna say Arachnaman, where several near falls and drop kicks send Steve to the outside. This gimmick is so absurd and stupid bullshit. Uh, Austin needs new tights. I said, how many pairs of these tights does he have? He's been wearing the same pair of tights since his 1989 debut. Austin finally gets control and hits a suplex and he's to the back. Both these men will be at starcade, uh, based on commentary. Austin gets a side suplex to Medusa's approval. A rat man drops behind Austin and hits a clothesline and backdrop and an e-lift. A rat man up top as Austin distracts the ref and Medusa pushes his legs out and he falls to the mat and Austin gets to three count as Medusa celebrates. Match again was okay and decent, but again, why the fuck does Medusa have to get involved for Austin to beat fucking Arachnaman? Uh, Again, just the same formula. And Austin, I feel like out of everybody who's booked out of the Dangerous Alliance, comes out looking like a total fucking idiot in almost every match he's winning in, and it's absurd. Uh, It wasn't needed here to beat this fucking gimmick. I actually went one and three-quarter stars for the stupid fucking ending and the outside interference, and Austin booking in the Alliance is pure shit. Uh Logan, you go first.
3: Um, I, I went just slightly higher. I went to um I said Medusa was dressed like Cruella Deville if she was from Texas. So uh that was the vibe that I got.
0: <laughs> All right, so um, Cruella DeVille Aaron. Karen, there's some symmetry there. <laughs>
3: gotcha. Uh, but my first real note is oh look at that. Austin starts a match with a low card asshole by looking like a complete goof and getting completely dominated. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> um but Austin eventually gains the advantage he hits a pretty nice vertical suplex um again I say this pretty much every Austin match kind of like you were talking about Sean he looks great when he's on offense but there's just so little that it just continues to disappoint me I would like to see him you know just I mean he, he can sell a little bit I I know that's part of wrestling you give the guy a little bit but like there's a match later with Larry Zabisco that I think like this type of match should have been what that was but I digress um but I thought it was a hell of a sell of a I think he she, she actually kicked him in the butt and he like flailed out on his back. Um mm-hmm. so I thought that was a hell of a sell by Arachnaman from the top rope. But I enjoyed it for the most part, uh considering it was an arachnoman match, but I, I went to.
0: Two stars. All right, uh Shif, how about you? Yeah, I um
2: did not I was not feeling this match. Um I went a star and a half. Uh, which I thought was going to be the high man, but it looks like I'm the low man so far. Um, I will say that Arachnaman did have Austin shook, and he was hitting some nice moves. Like, he hit a nice shoulder block, and then he tried to move like a spider, which I was like, I'm just going to throw my phone out the window. Um, and then uh, JR says that Paulie is out of the country, and he then wished that Paulie would stay out of the country, which I really liked. Um, Austin did a nice job of catching a crossbody and hitting a backbreaker with it. Um, Medusa kicking him off the top rope Actually kind of impressive and really athletic From her but like you guys said He shouldn't be doing this with lower mid card But also one thing and I'll, Now I'll probably have to bring it up later as well This isn't this Austin that we're used to This is him like freshly in WCW So like I try not to like Hold what he turns into against him It would be like with Orton And, and Jake's in a ruthlessly aggressive pot. Alright and what
0: was your You went one and what? Star and a half. Star and a half. All right. Susan, what do you think?
1: Yeah, uh, I went gentleman's two on it. Uh, good God, can we just have a, a fucking match without interference <laughs> with Stone Cold, with uh, Stone Cold, with stunning Steve Austin, please? For God's sake, it's ridiculous. It's a common theme in his title defenses that. A, he doesn't get a lot of offense in, and B, he's going to win with either cheating or some form of interference or some form of fuckery. It's absurd. Just let the guy win clean, for God's sake, please. Um, And I'm starting to think, and we talked about this a little bit earlier today in our uh, show chat, Um, right now I think I've seen enough from Austin here to say that uh, he's been the most disappointing member of the Dangerous Alliance for me. Of at least to this point, and it's not so much in the tag matches, but it, it's the TV title defenses. And it's not necessarily all his fault. They're putting him in there with a lot of slugs like Jimmy Garvin and Michael Hayes and Arachna twice for some reason. But, yeah, I just feel like with what we have seen so far, uh, Austin has been super disappointing to me. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this was a fairly standard title defense. I Honestly, I don't have much more to add. So, uh, yeah, Uh, gentlemen's two. Just for the love of God, let Austin win one title defense clean. Oof.
0: Wait till (laughs) our next episode. If you want to talk about Austin, I think we're going to really have a shit fest on our next episode. Uh Austin matches for sure. Uh, Logan, what was the final tally on that one?
3: Uh, 1.81. And hell, (laughs) son, I don't win matches clean.
0: (laughs) You know, I really do. I would love, like, Austin never talks about this era of his career ever, right? Like typically, I would love to go back and interview him and just say, How do you feel about your booking in 1991? And like, it's just, it's just, it's interesting to go back and watch this. And I don't know if it's because he sucks. I don't know if it's because he's too green. I don't know what it is, but. It's just not resonating with me and it sounds like it's the same for all of you It's just not clicking for some reason
1: see so. i I think he's all right in the tag matches though and i I wonder if that's because they can kind of hide him a little bit better It's the title defenses really where it's just been and again I don't think it's, it's necessarily really I don't think it's necessarily all his fault it's who he's been put in there with and I just think the booking of the matches have been real weird
0: so you're telling me yeah, had a dumb Chris like time. Chris Adams can carry him to a great match three months in, but we can't find anyone to carry him to a great singles match here two years later. I mean, that's really—I well, re- don't know.
2: Right. I mean, look who they're putting him in there with, though. Yeah, Iraq Command, PN News. Like but that's Brad
0: Armstrong. Doing? Brad Armstrong is a perfectly capable wrestler. That, okay,
2: I, 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 I that's that's
1: one there. out of how many title defenses, you know, or two, I guess.
0: All right, we'll hold but that I, thought I, because I, we all have. Them yeah, too. well,
3: I. Yeah. I, I <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I think You're good. I think he's probably I don't I won't say he's green in the ring. I think he's probably green in the business so he can be like convinced that maybe he should sell a little bit more for these guys that maybe have a little bit more experience with him or than him. Like the hazes and the garvins of the world they can kind of be like hey kid let me get my stuff in out there and i'll I'll let you get the victory but uh let me get my stuff you know he can be he can be a little bit more impressionable because he's younger you know but yeah it's definitely it's the guys that he's in there with but i don't really mind that he wrestles these lower card slugs and like i said he can sell a little bit for him but like dominate most of the match and like they can get some heat Bat, or like they have like a comeback and then you just finish him off and you can even cheat I'm fine with that but he just gets absolutely dominated in 90 percent of the matches that he's in
0: yep and so, more to come on Steve my- Austin more is to come on Steve Austin on our next episode which will be very Austin centric and I'm sure we'll have more to say but yeah I mean hopefully as time goes on and as we get into 92 and you know he gets more matches under his belt singles wise hopefully we'll see some better stuff out of him. but I'm, I'm with you the tag team matches, I think he can be covered a little bit. I think he's very green, and he's still too new in these singles matches. So, All right, so we're going to jump right into our last uh, match of tonight. Um, Also for Saturday night, and this one gives me a little bit of hope. It is Bobby Eaton versus Steve- Ricky Steamboat. And unlike Austin, I feel like Bobby Eaton has really shined through um, in this time in the Dangerous Alliance. I think he's been a great heel. Um, I loved him in these matches, and I think he has been the polar opposite of Austin. So let's see how this one plays out. So uh, like our last uh, match, uh, Medusa comes out very – this time she looks very business-like in the business suit, but she still has the resting care in bitch face. Bobby attacks as Ricky puts his title belt outside, and Bobby chokes him. With his gi from, from with his gi belt, which I, I was dying laughing because he wears that fucking gi and then he just blatantly chokes him with it. Uh, Jr. I think in the commentary does a really great job of selling the feud for the tag titles, and he also does a good job of selling the lethal lottery as well as the tag title rematch that's coming up at the Omni on Christmas night. So I think he does a really great job with that selling. Uh, Medusa jumps up and down on Steamboat Ski after it's off. Steamboat finally takes control on the floor, and they fight into the crowd, but Bobby gets control back. Steamboat's tossed outside and repeatedly punched by Bobby until Ricky throws him into the post. Steamboat works arm for a while after several arm drags. I do like the arm work, as it is a trophy, and I thought it looked good on the selling. Bobby cuts back with a kick and a nice clothesline. Bobby hits Steamboat with a chair to the back while the ref is distracted, then throws him shoulder-first to the post. There's a suplex back into the ring, then a weirdly time, um, timed arm lock with his legs, and he uses the ropes as well, which I thought was an interesting kind of move. Bobby gets a body slam. He goes up top and gets hit with a double boot to the face on his way down. Steamboat gets several two count, like he's wrestling Savage at WrestleMania 3. Eaton hits a fantastic back suplex off a of skin to cat from Steamboat, then hits an awesome, awesome lifting backbreaker, as you've seen him do before. Steamboat then gets a crucifix off the ropes for three. Medusa kicks Steamboat's back, uh, to the back of his head and he gets pissed and throws a fist up and she bails as the Alliance attacks steamboat as Wyndham comes in and his cast and John Lennon sunglasses to make the save, which I always <laughs> like, I always love that Barry Wyndham with his sunglasses look, especially when he's coming in for the save. I thought that was great. I really liked this match, particularly in the last five minutes. I thought it was different where I thought it was very even. I thought like Bobby got a lot of good offense and he didn't sell a whole lot. I like, I, I really liked it for 20 minutes. I um, mean I thought Steamboat made Eaton look like a real threat and sold great for him. And Bobby was awesome here. I went three and a quarter. I actually love this match. And probably one of my favorite Alliance matches we've watched in quite a while. And I, God goddamn it, I love Bobby Eaton. Uh, Matt, I'll go to you first. What did you think of this?
1: Yeah, uh, I like this a lot. I actually went higher than you. I went three and a half on this. Uh,
0: That's fair. Uh, Med- That's
1: fair. Medusa dressed like Don Johnson in Miami Vice. That was a good look. Uh, with, the her, thing with, that-
0: her, with her Karen bitch face.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just like you said, Uh, the thing I really loved about this match was that it felt like a fight, which is, I think, what this match really needed to be, given how heated this feud has gotten. I think they needed to have a match that really just felt like a knockdown drag out fight. I mean, they even go into the crowd and brawl at one point, which was a thing you really didn't see in 1991 WCW. So I thought that was a great touch. Uh, Ricky at one point yelled, shut up, witch!" to Medusa, which wasn't very nice. Uh, that that's, that's, that's not the Ricky steamboat. I know, uh, there was a great spot. I think you mentioned it, Sean, where a steamboat skins, the cat, and it, uh, he backs up right into a back suplex by Ian. I thought that was great. Uh, the near falls near the end, I thought were fantastic. They're just trading him back and forth. And I liked that the, uh, The finish uh, kept eating strong, you know, he got caught with a crucifix, he didn't get hit with a finisher or anything like that. So uh, yeah, just great stuff all around, great work, great selling, the crowd heat was off the charts. So uh, yeah, great stuff here, three and a half for me. Uh, If you have not seen this match, definitely seek it out.
0: I agree. Uh, Sif, what'd you think?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna jump on the bandwagon. This is an underrated gem that most people m- might not know of. I actually went four stars on this. I really enjoyed this match. Um, I just loved how like it was going from the from, from literally from the start, like eating attack steamboat as the bell rings. Liam's choking with his ghee, which I liked. Which com- like we get a little bit of uh, storytelling as we'll as we'll talk about on the, on the next two podcasts um, with with this match. Um, I loved how the arm drag was hitting like. Steamboats aren't dragging on like, he even threw him into the ring post, so we're seeing, like, some ferociousness from, like, they're fighting fire for fire, it, it appears, um, and the ref was letting a lot go, and and like Sousa said, like, the um, the skin the cat, I thought was awesome, um, and Bobby went up top, maybe to hit the Alabama Jam, but, like, you know, gets the feet of the dragon, then, um, you know, we get a hip, nice hip toss, and, and like Sousa said, the skin's the cat, but gets hit with the belly to belly was awesome, and the crucifix out of nowhere. Like I said, I went four stars. And it feels like the battle lines are being drawn. One thing that I noticed is weird is like uh, Barry um, and Dustin like will come out to help Steamboat. But we don't see that with Sting really. Well,
0: because no one likes Sting. Okay. Really. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes you. <laughs> wow. My oh, wow. goodness. <laughs> goodness. That's not true. You like me, Ship. That's true. Yeah, see, it's all good. that was that was yeah, That's all right. That makes one person. Yeah, but one person likes me. I mean, nobody likes your face. Nobody <laughs> likes my face. All right, wow. uh, uh, Logan, <laughs> I think you're last. I
3: believe I am. Um, I, I went. I went. <laughs> I, went <laughs> I really enjoyed it as well. I went with Matt. I went three and a half. Um, I liked it. Eaton got the early advantage, and it was a sight for sore eyes. Um, Medusa's outfit very business like, but at least four sizes too big. Very baggy. <laughs> um they battle through the crowd and i wondered uh when did jeff jarrett get the book so uh that that uh oh. that a little it was a little highway i uh, thought that popped through my head but um a really good back and forth match which is a, like i said a cypressora is a great thing to see between two great wrestlers um we don't get to see that often enough on this pod it's a sad thing to admit but it's the case um and uh, y'all, y'all have all talked about it but nobody does the skin the cat move like uh, as fluidly as Steamboat does. And I liked it. Eaton was kind of ready for it and caught him in a move uh, right as he came up with it. So I love the reversal finish uh, into the crucifix uh, by Steamboat. I really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, three and a half. Great match. Great match to end this episode. Um, and hopefully we get to see more of stuff like this in the future. But uh, I'll I'll hold my breath on that one. All
0: right. Add me to the three and a half because I'm going to bump it up. Uh, you know, the more you talked about it, that... That suplex out of the skin of the cat was so fluid and awesome in mm-hmm. time. Like, mm-hmm. that was such a great visual. So, put me down for three and a half on that one. Okay, give me just a second. Now that changes the math. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> Do I, you see I, what you've I, done? I I apologize. Sometimes you... I just go with the flow on this because of how <laughs> we talk about it. Uh, 3.62 on that one. Wow. Very, very good score. All right. So, that ends the uh, our match watch for this episode. So, we will go through our awards. And then we'll close it out. So, most dangerous, uh, no doubt, not even close. Bobby Eaton for me. Sousa? Oh, easily. Yeah, it's not even a debate, really. All right. Schiff?
2: Um, yeah, I agree with
0: Sousa. All right. Uh, Logan, I assume that would be four for four? Yeah, 100%. All right. Least dangerous. Uh, probably no surprise here for me. Uh, Steve Austin. Uh, Logan? Steve Austin. Schiff? Jeff? So
2: Bisco, since we didn't see him.
0: okay, we had this debate once before. We can't okay. do this again. Okay, not, we're not. we well, y'all it. try
2: to do people that we didn't, that weren't wrestling, that weren't um part of the alliance? I'll go Austin then.
0: I mean, quite. I mean, he made an appearance, but he didn't wrestle. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go Austin for that wretched
2: Arachno Man match.
0: I thought uh, I thought Schiff was trying to recreate that Zabisco argument. <laughs> no, <laughs> which, no, no,
2: no, no, no. Which,
0: which was pure magic, by the way. I'm just going to call it out. Uh, it's uh, what did you think, Souza? Uh, yeah,
1: it, it's going to be Austin.
0: All right, uh, and Logan. I assume at this point that puts uh, Austin clearly after seven pods ahead of least dangerous, right?
3: Yeah, I think he's gotten it four times now to uh, Eaton's two. So yeah, he's he's in the clear.
0: How many most dangerous does Eaton have at this point?
3: Uh, he's gotten the last two. Let me see. Um, he has two.
0: Wow. Okay. So we don't have a clear, definitive person. I think after him the next and, pa- him
3: and Paulie both have two. I think so.
0: Well, we'll have to see how that plays out on our next episode because both of them have some great moments on our next episode. So we'll see how that plays out. Um. All right. Best match for me. Uh, clearly it was Steamboat versus Eaton Souza. Oh yeah. Okay, Schiff. Three for three. Three for three and Logan. For four. Four for four. All right. This one I have to really think through. Uh worst match. Um Freebirds. Birds. No Yep. yep. <laughs>
2: Mine's Austin versus Arachna, man. Going by Star. I
0: rating. think but yeah, by my star rating, I think it's uh shit. What did I give the Freebirds versus Anderson Eaton, Logan? Dude. Yeah, so I'm you gonna have to go with I have to go Awesome versus Arachnaman then. Just wrong. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and you and you and Sousa are free birds. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not even a debate. All right. Well, we'll Good just, we'll just split the difference. We'll split the difference 50-50. So that ends our episode for tonight. On our next episode, we will look at uh, the week of 1221 to 1228, which uh, will end on the day before Starcade. So we are on our way to Starcade. So we will talk about that on our next episode. But before we go... Souza, anything you would like to plug? Are we, are uh, we not going to
1: do
3: show ratings?
0: Oh, my bad. Thank you, Logan, for the reminder. Uh, so on the one to five scale.
3: Don't go to me first.
0: <laughs> clearly, we work in the moment and we don't edit anything out. That's one of the reasons why I love this podcast. On the show scale of one to five on the Alliance journey, Matt Sousa, what would you rate this episode watch on a one to five? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> well, you see, here's the thing. We did get
1: some interference. We we did get some feuds advancing, uh, especially particularly in the main event. But then you got the uh, suck-ass stuff like the Freebirds that meant nothing to nobody. So uh, I think it, 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 I'm going to go two and a half, make it easy, right down the middle.
3: Mm. Yep. That's what I win as well.
2: Yeah, I'm going two and a half because, like, it's basically for everything that Sousa said, but we didn't get much storyline progression with this week. It just felt like it was more, um, more matches instead. Like, we saw some at the very end when, like, we're seeing battle lines being drawn with Wyndham running out in Rhodes uh, to back up Steamboat, but not really many uh, promos in, in this one.
0: Yeah, I'll probably go two and a half, too. I think they did. Like, the Wyndham return was kind of a storyline thing. The Medusa with Steamboat and him threatening to beat her up turns into a storyline. Um, and I think the match with him and Eaton is also part of the tag team title feed storyline. So I think there are snippets in it. But to your guys' point, it's a lot of matches. Um, yeah, so two and a half for me as well. So, all right. So now can I jump into the plugs, Logan? Is that okay? A hundred percent. All right, But well, you, you have
1: guys? the host privilege, so you
3: can oh, do I'm sorry.
0: You, uh, I'm sorry. I went to Sousa first. Uh, it is host privilege. Souza, what? Anything you'd like to plug?
1: Shift <laughs> you wait your t- you wait your turn, Shift. I'm going first.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, this podcast is never coming out. You can find me. You can find me
0: This podcast is five star entertainment. I'll have
1: you can find me right Matt.
0: here
1: <laughs> on the no soap. <No-Sophie. laughs> Right here on the No So Feed, on the Extreme Three-Way Dance, where we are covering ECW. We are currently in 1997. Uh, that show is a blast to do, so if you have not listened to that, please go do so, and you can find me on their Twitter machine, AdamSouza1991.
0: All right, Logan? Uh, <laughs> good Lord.
1: Um, <laughs>
3: Highway to the Impact Zone. Uh, we just did the Turning Point episode. It just came out uh, today, actually as we're recording um that was a fun one to do um youtube roulette we're going to be recording a new episode of that coming up next week uh wrestling's chicken salad as well i'll be recording a new episode next week um and uh, i have a new show with andy uh i'll hold off on that one because it hasn't quite premiered yet but we have a new show coming up on the wrestling feed so uh but yeah we recorded the first episode of that and that should, but it should be coming out next week
0: I look forward to that show, by the way. I know what it's about, and I, I'll probably be one of the few that'll like it based on the subject matter.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: For sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and, and by the way, also, um, you got to listen to Highway for Souza's intro. It popped me big time uh, today. 100%. That wasn't <laughs> yeah. me for the last time. Well, that was other James Mitchell. I I think you could do that intro and run through like a list of care. Like you could just do a different one every episode. You could do you have Larry. I think mm-hmm. Ash could make an appearance. I think you could make that an ongoing thing. I think it was an amazing, amazing intro. So it's very well done. Thank um, you. You're welcome. Shif, how about you? I'm good. You plug? <laughs> no. Shif, what do you got to plug?
2: Crack and roll. Uh, we're, uh, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> Shif, are, you, are you upset about something? No you, Hi. You high? I, mean, what, I, just, I just had a brain fart when when you asked me that question so like.
0: <laughs> All right, I so um, so I will, <laughs> all right, so I will plug at WA Crocker roll over on the place basis where uh, two days prior to this episode dropping, we finished off July of 86. With some really, really... You think this show has hot takes? That show had hot takes. It was me. Oh, uh, God. B-Shift <laughs> and Logan and Callum. Uh, yeah, had a good time on that one. So we'll be recording August here in a couple weeks. Uh, but please go listen to that and all the other podcasts you heard about. Uh, YouTube Roulette, Highway to the Impact Zone, and any everything else on both feeds. They're all good quality entertainment. Um, and those podcasts should probably come out unlike this one. So with that... <laughs> I am Scott Kidd. He's Logan Crossland. Matt Souza. Um, Did I say Scott Shifflin already? <laughs> Jesus,
1: God, end the show.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. See you in two weeks. Good night.